So, as I was kind of uh, just re- reflecting and praying over kind of what to talk about, what to what to speak with you, and what to kind of share with you a little bit, um, you know, of course we've got you know, the the new the new translation, the Roman the Roman Missal has come out, and so um, just been kind of reflecting a lot on the mysteries of the Mass, you know, certainly reflecting on the words themselves, but also just the mystery of the whole thing. Of, of everything that happens in the course of the Mass. And so, kind of with that, I want to, uh, to share a little bit um, and to be able to reflect on Mary and the Mass. It's kind of a, if there's a talk title that I could give this, it would be essentially that, is Mary and the Mass. And um, so I don't have to carry around this paper the whole time. Now I'll get nervous and start playing with it. Okay, the Second Vatican Council, in the document of Lumen Gentium, tells us that the Eucharist is the source and summit of our faith, is that the celebration of the Mass is the high point of everything that we do as Christians, and it's the point from which everything flows that we do as Christians. So everything points towards it, and everything comes from it. And if it is, in fact, the high point of our faith, that it is the pinnacle of our Christian worship of our God, if it is the thing that sustains us and everything else that we do in the midst of the Christian life, would not our mother be there with us? Right? The mother who loves us so much, the mother who, uh, who you know, uh, is, is constantly in heaven before God, praying for each of us, mysteriously, at the same time, would she not want to be there with us in that most powerful of moments? In that moment where God himself comes among us. In that moment where we in our humility experience the same thing that Mary experienced in her visitation from the angel Gabriel at the Annunciation. This great mystery of God. How is it the Lord has come here to me? So that's kind of the, the basis of the reflection, is Mary with us in the course of the Mass. And of course, certainly, Mary desires to be with us. As a mother, she longs to be with us. And as her children, we long to be with her. But I think, more importantly, we need to be with her. We need to be with our mother. Because, as mothers do, so many of the moms here know so well as mothers one are very powerful prayers for their children so many mother in this room prays daily for your children right and so that's a very strong thing the mother prays for us and then secondly the mother teaches us she teaches us what's going on in the midst of the mass and so it's one of the things that's always kind of struck me you know, is to be able to see somebody leading a little child. Um, there's a, a, a several parishes that I've been to um, that I've been really struck by this reality, uh, kind of the simplicity of like a daily mass of you know a mom with a few of her kids, and then she's kind of sitting, you know, kind of tucked down a little bit, and then pointing out what's going on. Listen. This is the part, such and such. 
And one of the beautiful things is, um, you know, to see uh, to see a family stay after mass, and especially mothers. Mothers have this innate uh, religiosity, in a sense. Uh, guys have to work on a little bit more, but I think ladies have a special gift from God, um, you know, to be to be drawn more towards religious things, and so especially to see a mother so gently caring for a child and to go up to a communion rail or to the front steps of the sanctuary and point out the statues. Look at Jesus. Look at the Blessed Mother. Look at St. Joseph. Look at all the saints that are around. And then to be able to walk around the church and to visit all the different stations. There's been a number of times where I've seen that happen and I had places to go I was like, I'm not leaving. I'm just going to sit and watch. I don't know what she's saying. It's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. Right? Is to, to see a mother teaching a child the faith. And I think that's exactly what Mary does with us as we come to Mass. Is Mary simply comes next to us. Quietly. You may not even hear her. But helping to direct our hearts and guide our hearts and say, Look at this. Listen. Do you see what he's saying? And as she gently kind of brings us along, brings us on the path. It's the two main ways that Mary is with us. And I think those are two of the most powerful ways that our mother can be with us in the midst of that celebration. To lift, to lift us up in prayer as well as to be there to teach us, and to show us the way. One of the things I think is a lot of times we get to Mass, or, or you know, we think of the Mass as you start with the entrance and you close with the dismissal. That's the Mass. And in a sense, yes. Absolutely. I mean, uh, but at the same time, if we're not prepared for the Mass, then we're not really able to enter in as deeply as we could. And so I think one of the most vital things is to look at the bookends of the Mass also the preparation and the bearing of the fruits. And our mother is there with us then also. Our mother is with us to prepare our hearts to receive what's coming. To be with us and to allow us to kind of enter into that silence of God. And to be able to really be more fully prepared to receive the great mystery of what's taking place in the midst of us. Uh, I think in very very visible, very tangible things... I, I don't know that's the way I think, but it's like Mary is with us before the Mass, helping us to till the soil, to kind of pick up the rocks. You know, we have those parables of the seed falling on the different types of ground. And it's like Mary is there with us, helping to pull the thorns out of the way, to be able to pick up the rocks and set them aside, to be able to take that ground and to, with our own hands, be able to get down in and to, to break it up so that 
when the time comes, when the seed of God's word and God's flesh come into our hearts, into our flesh itself, fruit is born. Because if we're not fully prepared, as the scriptures you know, would clearly point to, if we don't have the fertile soil of our soul, then when we come to Mass, certainly we can receive many good graces. But so very quickly, they can be plucked up by the distractions of the world, by the evil one, by our own kind of corrupt nature, where we struggle still with our temptations and our faults. And so we need the Blessed Mother to be with us before we even make the sign of the cross with the holy water when we step foot in the church. We need her to be with us, preparing our hearts for the gift of what's coming that day. A lot of my kind of reflections are, are colored by uh, St. Louis de Montfort. Uh, I'm sure you know uh, the author of True Devotion, his 33-day consecration, all these sorts of prayers, very strongly, um, very strongly, <laughs> Marian devoted. Um, and then also uh, some reflections by Adrian von Speyers, I, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, so I, I may pronounce her last name differently at different times. So I'm going to go with Spire at this point, and if I'm wrong, please correct me. I would love to actually know what it's supposed to be like. Um, but Adrian von Spire's book, um, uh, called Handmaid of the Lord, uh, has a, a series of reflections on the Blessed Mother. And uh, a lot of those kind of come together, um, kind of fueled, fueled my fire as I was reflecting on this, on this great gift of Mary in the Mass. And so as we look um, at being prepared for God's coming into our lives in the Mass, as we look and pray for God's, um, for, rather for the Blessed Mother's presence and her preparation in our hearts, we look in St. Louis de Montfort points out what he calls the ten principal virtues of the Blessed Mother. And they are humility, faith, obedience, her mental prayer, her mortification, purity, charity, patience, sweetness, and wisdom. And uh, I think all of these are, are vital for that tilling of our spiritual soil, in a sense. Um, you know, to be able to constantly try to pray for the grace of these ten principal virtues of the Blessed Mother, as St. Louis de Montfort calls them, because they are, in fact, so vital. Faith, purity, charity, humility, and on down the list. It's in living those virtues that our lives are really transformed and that our soil gets tilled, the fruit comes to grow, and then by some mystery of God, the merits that we receive, the graces we receive, are able to help others clear the soil, clear away the rocks and till the ground and receive the fruits. And so by the Blessed Mother coming to our lives and helping us to receive these virtues, to receive these gifts, to be fully prepared for the graces that God desires for us in the midst of Holy Communion, in the midst of receiving His Word and, uh, and the readings. She's with us to prepare us ultimately for that mission to be sent out. So as she's beginning to prepare us, she's also looking to the end. She's looking for 
the time when we're going to be bearing the fruits as well. And actually, as I was kind of reflecting on it, if we go to Mass weekly, you know, multiple times a week, daily, the end is actually the beginning. <laughs> because every time we're ending, we're already preparing for the next one. So every time the fruit of our, uh, of our communion, of our experience in the Mass, every time the fruit is coming up, that's actually the Blessed Mother coming in and doing the preparing for next time as well. And so as the grace is showing, she's continuing to go deeper and deeper and deeper. And it's just a continual cycle of the Blessed Mother constantly being with us in our hearts, preparing us, producing the fruits, and in a sense maybe trimming, trimming the tree to produce more fruits in our heart. One of the things that, uh, again, I'm very physical. I like, I like pictures, you know, statues and, and things that I can touch and see and, uh, you know, envision things with. And one of the things that um, really kind of spoke to my heart was uh, there's a manger scene that we have set up at Immaculate Conception, Denham Springs. And they have it set up in all during the Advent season, of course. There's no child Jesus. It's just the empty empty manger. Um, but I was just kind of sitting there with this, this scene. And it's so beautiful because it's the Blessed Mother gazing upon the empty crib. It was just kind of interesting that her face is the same. Her face is the same when she's gazing upon the child Jesus at Christmas. It's not like they put a new face on the statue to show an ind indicate a different mood of Mary. But yet at the same time, her face at Christmas radiates with the joy of his presence. And as I was meditating with that face of Mary, with that face of our mother, in Advent, I realized just the adoring longing that she had for her son's presence in the midst of the world. Certainly she knew very clearly his presence in her own womb. I can imagine what would have gone through her mind as she felt God kick, you know? What a serious thing is to feel the son of God moving in your own flesh. It's beyond me to imagine that. But to simply look upon her mother's face and to see the longing that she has in her heart for God to come into the world and to truly begin that saving mission that the angel foretold. To have that longing for his presence to allow our hearts to cry out in a very powerful way. Come, oh come, Emmanuel, right? And so I think, especially during this Advent season, uh, we can use that to prepare for Christmas. But we can also use that same longing that Mary has for our Lord to come in the midst of the world as we prepare for Mass. 
So as we come each time before Mass to pray with Mary, give me that longing that you had. Give me that longing that you had waiting for the Lord to come at Christmas right now. And as I long for that Lord to come truly in the midst of us, grant that I may be fully prepared as he comes in his word and his sacrament. As we do that, then we're prepared for Mass. Then we can truly be open to what God desires for us. We can be open for the graces that he wants to pour out upon us open to whatever it is that he desires to speak to the core of our soul. Our hearts are ready. Our hearts are longing. And they are fully prepared.